I'm excited this morning. We're going to continue this series in Perfect Together. We're going to wrap it up today. And we're going to do it in a special way. I, I've enjoyed this series. It's been challenging. We're going to do something fun. I thought, man, I, we got to end this series with a bang and perfect together. So I've invited a very special guest. I mean, she's near and dear to my heart. We've been doing life together for 15 years now. Would you help me welcome my wife, Jen, as she comes this morning? Oh, baby, come on. Let's do this. Y'all extend Let's. your hands this way. I'm going to need prayer <laughs> for the next few minutes. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I just thought that today would, would be something unique and something different. And I wanted Jen to come because I wanted you guys to get the truth today, all right? <laughs> finally, finally. You guys should just demand it. You'd be like, Wes, you've been speaking a lot, but we want to hear from Jen too. The, the whole ground rules and, and basis for this series is this, is uh, we're, we're broken people. We've got issues, we've got challenges, but God has an amazing way of taking our brokenness and using us right where we are. And, and I love that thought that we use from 2 Corinthians about even in my weakness, it's, it's in my weakness that God's strength is perfected in me. So many times we come in and feel like we've got to get, have it all together, but God wants to use us right where we are. And I, let me just set the ground rules for this this morning because I know I feel the tension when I get super excited about having Jen up here because she's cute and I love her and, and, and I, love, I love this. But I know that this for some people is painful. I know that not everybody is walking through life, skipping and holding hands and loving the person that you're married to or in relationship with. And so I recognize this. There, there is a tension because life is messy and life is painful. Let me just tell you two things. Number one, today... This message is for you and not the person next to you, all right? Just eyes forward, no elbow in, none of that stuff. And number two, I think this is so important today, is that regardless of where you find yourself, whether you find yourself in a happy marriage or your life is a mess and you walk through difficult after difficult season, I believe this, God's grace is here today and God's grace is, is, is the grace of a second chance. And I speak that over you today. That I believe just like the sun came up this morning, his mercy is here today, and he has his best is ahead for you. Can somebody say amen? amen. We've, everybody, we've been, uh, we'll be married 15 years this year. 15 years is a big year for us. Come on. Oh, yeah. Two babies, y'all. Two babies changes things. 15 years. Yeah. We went, I don't know how many of you guys uh, were around in the 90s, no, 2000s, about 16 years ago. Our first date, win a date with Tad Hamilton movie. Oh, classic movie, classic. Classic. I mean, if you can't fall in love while you're watching the cheesiest movie of maybe all time, you, it's not going to happen. I mean, that's a, that's a good foundation that to start with. That Ruby Tuesday salad bar, man. Ruby that's just, Tuesdays. Come on. The little croissant with the honey... Icing thing? Ooh. Honestly, for me, we were at Southeastern University, and we, we met uh, on a group that traveled and sang together. I had to help her get rid of a, an ex-boyfriend, and once we got that worked out, it's all good. She might have helped me with a, a girlfriend, too, but uh, that's another story, another, another testimony. If you come right. to start tonight, I'll tell you the true story. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I, I really fell in love with Jen uh, watching her worship. She... She was on this worship team, 
And just like you experience every weekend, she's got this glow about her. I mean, the presence of God is, is in her life, and it comes out on the outside. And I do remember there was one song. If you've been around church for a long time, Hillsong has created popular worship songs for years now. And there was this song that Jen was featured on when she was in college that we did called Eagle's Wings. It was all about how, God, I want to ride with you on Eagle's Wings. And I, Man, I remember when she would sing this song, I would be like... Baby, I want to ride with you, too, on Amigo Wings. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's do this together. That's smooth, baby. That's smooth. Yeah, but hey, you know, <laughs> l- l- let's, let's kind of set the ground rules. I think there's some important things about relationships that, that we all need to know. Like, maybe some rules, just a few rules for relationships that would be great. You want to kick us off? Yeah, I would say, like, probably a really good uh, indicator before you ever marry somebody is before you marry a person, you should make them use a computer with slow internet to see who they really are. It's good. It's, it's good stuff. It's good truth today, people. Write it down. Hey, how about this? Every time you talk to your wife, you should always remind yourself this conversation will be recorded for training and quality purposes. Mm-hmm. And all the ladies said, mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I get an amen in the room? Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, now, this one's really uh, deep because it just helps us relate with each other. During labor, the pain is so great that a woman can almost imagine what a man feels like when he has a fever. Ooh. It's good. Oh, we're going to get the boxing gloves out today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, hey, let's settle a debate because we, I mean, this, this is such a silly thing, but I think it creates a lot of conflict within the relationship. I just need to know everybody, A or B on this one, A or B. Let's check this out. B, thank B. you. Thank you. All right, one, two, three, let me hear you. B. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Listen, yeah. whoever said A, do you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Just stretch your hand to you heaven what. right now. Step up more, I think like step outside, really. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> There's a counseling uh, number that we have for you, though. We'll if, baptize if you, you right after yeah, service. baptisms with the toilet paper. I don't know how that would, that would be weird. Today, we're going to talk about this idea, stronger together, give you five truths that I think are so foundational in in healthy relationships. And hey, if you're married, not married, want to be married, don't want to be married, you know, whatever season you're in, I know that these will encourage and strengthen us. I want to go back to Ecclesiastes. We looked at this last week, chapter one and two, but chapter four is so foundational in this idea, stronger together, stronger together. You got your notes. Let's look together. Ecclesiastes chapter four says this, two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good return for their labor. Verse 12 says, The one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I believe this message is so important today because what we've recognized in our relationship, even in the most difficult times, is that the enemy is doing everything he can to destroy this right here. And he has tried to destroy it. And, and I know that we've walked through some struggle. Let me tell you, 15, this hasn't been 15 years of roses, and there's some of you that have been married a lot longer that could teach us some lessons. A few things that we've learned in these 15 years is we need to be more teachable. We walked into to marriage growing up in two really healthy families, and I think that we walked into marriage thinking, man, this is going to be great. This is perfect. What could go wrong? Man, we were so deceived. And only learning the hard way have, have we developed a posture of, God, make us better. Help year 15 to be better than 14. 
And let's, let's, let's make this thing work. And let's, let's work at it. And I know this. And one of the most difficult seasons we walked through was in year 10 of our marriage. And there came a point where I realized, Wes, the enemy is doing everything he can to destroy this relationship. Because if he gets your marriage, he gets your kids, your family, and he gets your ministry. And there's a ripple effect that happens. And I think we need to recognize starting out this morning that the God created relationships so that we could be healthy and be strong. But the enemy's doing everything he can to destroy it. So you want to just kind of set the foundation for this morning? Yeah, we really just want to make all of your relationships stronger. But specifically, if you are married, we want to make your marriages stronger. And uh, can I see all the single people in the room? Hands up, single people. Hey, how y'all doing? Look around. That's who you're working with. Join oh a connect group. Join a serve team. You don't know what the Lord may have in store. We were worshiping together and the Lord, anyway. So we want your relationships to be stronger. So there's a a couple things that we have um, learned over the years that have uh, helped us build those um, foundations. So think about it the way we have have been raised in this culture and in this time uh, the Hallmark movie method, which is we see that dashing person across the room. We run into their arms. They probably make out at the New Year's Eve party, and then they, you know, later fall in love. That's how we've been raised. And what I want to do um, for, again, for married people, and if you're single, write this down. This is going to be amazing. We're going to flip that, that way the culture says that on its head. And I'm going to just talk to you guys real quick about just the ways that we feel like um, God w- can work with you and make it stronger. So again, flipping that on its head. So the first block, that first foundational piece that you need is spiritual. You have to make sure your relationship with God, that you are pursuing God, that you are intimate with God, that you are learning about God, that you're teachable. Fix you first. <laughs> make this thing good between you and God first. Then the next uh, block on that would be social. You are in a group with people. You are being accountable. You are being mentored. You are letting people around you see the spots where you can't see. If you are so doe-eyed about this guy, you can't see the major flaws. Um, I know Wes and I both had uh, people in our lives that that came around us and said in some of our previous relationships, uh, no thank you. And in the, the when um, each other came along, said, okay, we, we've checked all the, all the boxes. We've, you know... No, no red flags here. So that's the next one. That's social. Uh, the next one is interpersonal. This is where you find out about the person before you ever get physical or emotional with this person. You're finding out what are their dreams, hopes, visions, beliefs. How do they vote? You might want to know these things. But you, you've kept your emotions at bay. So spiritual, social, interpersonal. And then you can let your emotions get involved. Once all those things have been built, that is a strong foundation. So you let your emotions get involved, and then the physical comes. And within the, the, the form of marriage, it is so beautiful. And this is how God designed it. He, he designed himself to be the foundation, and he designed the, the culture and the families to, to point these things out in each other. And this is how he designed it. So I think the way yeah. we would say it, and we say it probably in every... I feel like this point can be made in every single message that we share at Bay Chapel is put God first. Put God first. You know, I love the way that Joshua declared it. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He he made a declaration over his home, over his family, 
that God is first in everything. Here's the promise that Jesus gives in Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? And all these things will be added to you. I I know this is what gives me peace as a guy in the relationship I have with Jen is that she is in love with Jesus more than she is with me. And I want to spend the next 20 minutes just bragging on her, all right? Because I've, I've never seen anybody love Jesus like my wife loves Jesus. Her love for Jesus brings so much security and trust in our home. And I think one of the biggest issues in our relationships is the lack of security and trust. Where are they? What are they doing? What are they up to? Why haven't they called yet? Those, not that we're perfect because we're, we're broken and we have issues, but those kind of questions don't resonate with me that often. Except she, when she's on a girl's night with her mom and I'm wondering like, oh dear Lord, what is going on right? You know, no, but for real, she, the safety and security that we feel in our relationship is felt because I know she's passionately in love with God. I see her doing her devos. I see her praying. I see her talking with God, uh, talking to God and talking with our boys about Jesus. And in every area, we got to make a decision. Hey, we're going to put God first. Some of the areas I think this is so important in our relationships, our finances. Because what happens, everybody, when we put God first, it sets the boundaries for the decisions we make. Money's one of the biggest issues we have. And what, so what happens is when we put God first in this area, it sets the boundaries for, are we going to spend there? Are we going to go on that trip? We're gonna... We don't think about that until we think about, does it line up with the decision to place God first? And I think the other area is our family. And maybe you could speak to that for a sec. Yeah, we have two small children. And ever since they were very small, we grew up in church. But we also decided we want church to be a non-negotiable. It breaks my heart when I hear families say, well, my kids were tired, so we didn't come today. I'm like, wait a minute. If your kids are tired on Wednesday, do you keep them home from school? Or do you, you know, that kind of thing. It breaks my heart. We just decided this is important. What they are learning, what they are grasping in this family of God is important. So we make church a non-negotiable. And then the second thing is we make prayer a priority. Our kids are young, but they are getting it. They know uh, we pray on the way to school, uh, we pray before meals, and we pray before bed. Just Those are the times that we make sure that we remember it. We, we pray other times as well. But what's been funny lately, I've noticed, is we'll be driving to school, and the boys will pray something like, God, thank you that Dad's going to take us to Aerosphere tonight, and that Mom's going to make chicken Alfredo, and I mean, it's a wish list. It's not, maybe not necessarily a prayer, but hey, we're counting it. We're working, we're, we're training, and we're working through that. It's pretty good. And I think that for some of us, we feel uh, like we're not good enough. We're unqualified. I believe this is when we're vulnerable with our family and with our kids, there creates an openness to talk about God that there wouldn't be if we feel like we got to do it all right before we start. You hear what I'm saying this morning? Like, just make it a priority and don't make it this formal event, but like, hey, we're going to talk to God right now. And, and just make prayer and make God a, not just a part of our family, but make him first in our family. The second thing, this is a huge one, we're going to work on our issues. Work on our issues. And if I've been able to help issues. Jen with hers over the years, <laughs> and she's doing so much better mm, now. Mm, thank you, Lord. I, I think, I love what Jimmy, Jimmy Evans says. 
He says, marriage is brutal on selfish people. It's brutal on selfish people. And oftentimes it's so easy to see the issues with our partner, isn't it? I mean, it's so much easier for me to deal with Jen's struggles than it is for me to deal with my own. And, And here's what I believe is foundational thought if you're taking notes is this. A healthy we starts with a healthy me. A healthy we starts with a healthy me. That most of the issues in our relationships can be resolved when I get what's going on in my heart right with God. So before I approach her about her struggle and her issue and our issue with our kids, I ask myself, God, what do you need to change in me? Now, I'm saying this by faith. I don't say I do this all the time. I'm working. I'm growing. I I need to get better. But I know that oftentimes the issues of my life and the issues of my relationship can be resolved when God begins to heal my heart. we got to work on our issues. Yeah. I think there's three things that even just in this past maybe year and a half that have really changed for us were being self-aware. So just like Wes was talking about, changing me uh, before we change the we. Being self-aware of your own issues. (laughs) Being teachable. That is so hard. It's so hard when you can see all the issues that the other person has. Why should I have to change? Why should I have to be open-minded? I'm already 35 years old. Why should I have to change? Being teachable is huge to keeping peace and to, to growing. And then the third thing is counseling. We strongly encourage counseling. It is such a good idea. You are not an expert in the field of all things your spouse because you're not them. You can, you're barely an, an expert in yourself. So we highly encourage those three things. And then the other thing I wanted to say is your spouse is not the enemy. There is a real enemy, and your spouse is not it. You have to pray and fight the true enemy. You have to be a warrior for this. I can, I can all day long blame him. And, and we, like Wes said at the beginning, the enemy, if he knows, if he can break this up, if he can come between us and, and set a wedge and, and separate us, that, that all the rest could come crumbling down. So don't fight this person. This is not your enemy. Fight the true enemy. Uh, number three, guys, is forgive freely. And this is, a, this is a huge one. Forgive freely. I don't, I don't know what your relationship is like, but I, I know this is that in ours, it's not the big things that throw us for the loop. It's all the small, the little stuff. The way he drinks, it's loud. and t- oh. It's not even with anybody else. It's just him. I, I don't know. I have a problem. It's and you me. forgive me freely, I don't forgive, you? yes. But it's me. I, know, I really know it's me that has the problem. I think that what I've noticed, because we walked through one of the most difficult seasons, we've been married for 15, and 14 of them have been great. There was one year, though, that we walked through an incredibly difficult season in our marriage, year 10, and just being really vulnerable and open with you this morning. I would say that there was a point where we weren't sure if it was, it was all going to work out. I was just doing things that I was keeping, I was withholding my love from her. I, belittling her in ways I was stonewalling instead of showing her love in the way that she loves it and physical touch and words of affirmation. I, I was just keeping myself closed off because there was a lot of pain and hurt inside. And we walked through a season of incredible healing. And I know this is that every time 
that we've walked through a difficult season or I've done something to blow our relationship, the thing that, hey guys, let me, let me just talk to you for a moment. The thing that brings the greatest breakthrough in our relationships is when I repent before God in front of Jen. There's never been a time where I've humbled myself before God and before her that it's gone wrong. But I can also tell you this. It's the hardest thing to do, to get on my knees and say, Jen, I love you, and say, God, please forgive me for the way that I've treated her. God, give me a second chance because you know I need a second chance. And you say, I could never do that. Well, I'm telling you, there's nothing greater you could do to lay your life down and show, hey, I want a new start. I want a second chance. God, forgive me. And let me tell you, every time she's opened her heart back to me and we've watched forgiveness and healing happen, it's been incredible. I love what Ephesians 4.32 says. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. What's our example? We have a Savior who laid his life down for us. It's the way we should model our relationships, laying our life down for each other. Number four, I'll let you run with this. Yeah, number four is speak life. Uh, The greatest difference between a healthy and a hostile relationship are the words that are spoken. Uh, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So build up your spouse. not just being a negative or a positive person, but actually being aware of what is coming out of your mouth. Are you building that other person up? Are you encouraging them or are you tearing them down? One of the biggest needs, and if you haven't uh, heard this before, star it, write it down. Uh, the book, Love and Respect. A man needs respect. He needs honor. And the, by the way you say things, by the way you uh, do things, it shows respect and honor, or it doesn't. And ladies, I know this is going to sound strange. I learned this by reading this book. This is not something that is earned. And I'll explain to you why. Women need love. They need security. We want that all the time. Okay. Like this is not like when you're feeling like it, honey, you give me love and security. No, no, no. We want it all the time. We're not earning love and Security, we want that all the time. In the same way, that's as much of a need for them to feel respected and honored. Proverbs 18, 21, check this out. The tongue has the power of life and death. As I was looking through Bible Gateway and all the different translations, I, I love what the Living Bible says. Those who love to talk will suffer the consequences. Check this out. Men have died for saying the wrong thing. Can Amen. I, you know okay. what I'm saying? And when I read that, I was like, yes, I did almost die that one time. I know, I know there was one time that, that I let, I, I just let my anger get the best of me. I was with the boys in the car. And I, th- I think sometimes the most powerful, powerful words we can say, not just what we say, but when we blow it, being willing to say, I blew it. And I, I let the boys know, hey, hey, dad is just messed up. I made a mistake. We got home later that day. I heard Ben walk into the bathroom, and Jim was there. He said, Mom, you won't believe this. Dad makes mistakes. And uh, I, she was shocked, too, you know. Couldn't, couldn't believe it. Are you sure it. you were with Dad? Is that who you're talking about? But, but just being quick to, to say, man, I, I blew it. I made a mistake. Let our, let our words speak life. And when we do blow it, be, be quick to for, forgive and find a place of healing. And number five, we'll just wrap it up with this is simple as it sounds, it's so powerful. Have fun. Have fun. 
Amen. Have fun. Ecclesiastes 9, 9. Enjoy life with the one you love as long as you live. This means scheduled date nights. Come on. We have enough teenagers over here that can babysit your kids. You need to go over here. You need to get some phone numbers and you need to schedule date nights. You need to make it a priority. I think that I love ending with this thought because I think the enemy uses small, silly stuff to keep us from having fun. And I don't know if you were here last week or caught the message. We, we looked at the, the powerful words of Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and 2. And we've kind of been joking in the office. We've been talking about how Solomon just says everything is meaningless. And we've just been joking this week. The staff's been joking with me. Everything, everything's meaningless. Wes. It's all meaningless. And kind of having some fun with it. But you know what? It's, the more I've thought about the words that were spoken in God's word, it's challenged me. I've even used it with the boys because there was one situation this week where they were fighting over something so silly. And I thought, and I not just thought, but I said it. Guys, is this going to matter in 10 years from now? And they looked at me and they knew the answer. And Caden, you could just see his mind spinning and he's like, but dad, you don't understand. Ben didn't play the game right. I said, Caden, is it going to matter in 10 years from now? And he finally got to the point that he realized, I'm letting something really silly keep me from having fun with my brother. And here, everybody, hear me. The enemy is trying to do that in your relationships. You've been given somebody that is a gift from God, whether they're your friend, your coworker, your spouse. He's, he's blessed you with people around you. And we're allowing silly stuff to keep us from enjoying the only life. And you know what? It pains me to think, how many moments have I ruined? How many moments did we walk through in pain because I had such short-sightedness? I'm never going to get today back. I'm never going to get tomorrow back. And, and yesterday back. But I do have a choice today to go, you know what, God? You blessed me. Help me not to get caught up with all the silliness of this life and enjoy the people around me. Have some fun. Have some fun. And let's make the most out of the life that God has given us. I, I don't know where you're at this morning, but for just a minute before we leave, I just want to, ask Jen to join me and we, and we want to pray over you and I don't know if you're in a place of brokenness in your relationship I don't know if things are just all roses man your life is great I don't know where you're at I believe God wants to, to heal some wounds today God wants to give us a second chance would you just right where you're at would you just bow your heads for a moment